Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to Branching Out, an upbeat, friend-building, Christian-uniting ministry. We talk about topics concerning our faith, review Christian news, do a devotional, and offer prayers and praise that you share with us. Never be alone. Join us. You can reach us at the website branchliving.com or through Facebook at Branch Living, and there we have an international community, and it would be a privilege to have you join us. You can comment, post photos there, prayer requests, praise reports. So join us on Facebook at branchliving.com. You can also email your prayer requests and praise reports to me at lisa at branchliving. We podcast twice each week, and the heart of our podcast is our Branch Living message. We chat about issues in our lives. We move on to Christian news, views, events, interesting happenings in today's Christian family. We have a brief devotion written by one of the Christian greats, and we end with comments, prayers, and praise. So join us and spread the word. We would love to hear from you. And with that, let us join the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you you for this lovely day. Um, Here in the United States, spring is upon us, and We thank you for all of the signs of life that have been hidden from us this winter and during all of this cold. We thank you for all of these glimpses of your presence in the world, of the life that you give, and of the life that we receive. We pray this in your precious name. Amen. So I was reading an article about significance, and it just made me realize that There is something in the human soul that causes us to yearn for significance. We all really want to make a difference. We want to make an imprint on this world, an imprint that quite honestly will outlive us. But few men or women have this lasting impact. Generally, they are geniuses in their field. Someone so uniquely skilled in an area that history can't cover up their accomplishments. This list is incredibly small. Not only do their works outlive them, but their names are remembered. Shakespeare, Galileo, Beethoven, Einstein. There's another group of individuals who live on, both their works and their names, are those who commit such horrendous crimes against humanity that history uses their lives as a warning of how debased humanity can be. These include Nero, Genghis Khan, Attila the Hun, Joseph Stalin, Mussolini, Adolf Hitler. Clearly, this notoriety is not the type most of us seek. Most of us seek to be remembered for changing the world for the better in some way, be it through scientific discovery, improvements in culture, but especially for Christians, for advancing the kingdom of God. These goals are lofty, but in achieving them, but in achieving them, perhaps it is not our desire, but our self-determined path that is the problem. What if we define significance differently? What if the yearning we have is to stand before God and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant? And that's from Matthew 25, 23 in the uh, New International Version Bible. The truth is we don't know what impact we have on this world. We can't foresee how we will be remembered or even if we will be remembered. And we don't get to see on this side of heaven 
what our true impact has been. A good illustration of this can be seen in the life of George Mikulski. You probably don't recognize the name, I did not either. George Mikulski was a true prayer warrior. He prayed every morning from 11 to noon for his children and for his, the future generations of his family. Toward the end of his life, he announced to his family that God had made him a promise that every member of his family for four generations would be Christians. This has been working itself out in a remarkable way. His great-grandson states, by the time I came along, every family member from my great-grandfather to me not only had accepted Christ, but also had been or were ministers. My great-grandfather is long dead, but he still provides the richest source of inspiration for me. The great-grandson who stated this did not become a minister. He was the only one in his generation. He became a psychologist. But although not a minister, he has been called, and I quote, the nation's most influential evangelical leader by the New York Times. So who is he? He is James Dobson, the, folk, the founder of Focus on the Family, a daily radio show that is heard by more than 220 million people in 164 countries. And the source of this is Focus on the Family. I think when George Mikulski entered heaven, he had the first assurance that his daily one-hour prayer that his family would make an impact for God really did make a difference. It doesn't matter that the world does not know the name George Mikulski. What does matter is that vast numbers know and love Jesus because his family members were willing servants of Christ. George lived a life of significance. So how can you live a life of significance? Well, King Solomon in Ecclesiastes laments the meaninglessness of all that life offers. He had over a thousand wives, nearly unlimited wealth, a mass of servants, tremendous learning, and what did he conclude? It was all meaningless. He ends his lament with this conclusion. What matters is to, and I quote, fear God and keep his commands. That's Ecclesiastes 12:13. So read the Bible each day and learn to hear his voice. Do what he commands you to do. It is in the guarantee it, this is the guaranteed pathway to a significant life for eternity. And what truth there is in that and I think that life of George Mikulski is just a great lesson for all of us that we don't know uh, what our prayers are doing. We don't know what God is instructing us and what we fulfill, what that will do. Um, but we, what we do know is that when we hear God's command and we do it, we certainly will have a significant life and that life won't be revealed to us until we leave this one. So good lessons about significance. Um, I wanted to share an article with you that I read in freedombyhim.org and it is about the Wycliffe Bible Translators, and it's called 2,000 More to Go, Wycliffe Bible Translators Keep on Task During the Pandemic. Wycliffe Bible Translators says, COVID-19 pandemic displaced some of its staff, but that the urgent work continues, 
as 1.5 billion people still do not have the full Bible available in their language. So that's 1.5 billion people. Wycliffe is currently working on 2,700 language projects in 167 countries with 2,000 more languages that need a Bible translation. Its goal is to start translations on the 2,000 languages that are still lacking and to have those scriptures in place by 2025. So that is quite an ambitious goal, to have 2,000 more languages done by 2025. President John Chestnut told CBN News that the pandemic has proved to be a slight disruption to its work, but has also helped staff get ahead. We had about 300 of our staff and their families that had to come back to the United States during this season, he explained. Several projects have been disrupted, he said, but others have advanced more quickly than anticipated. We actually have seen an increase in translations, primarily because some of the other life distractions have been taken away. Chestnut said, noting that it has helped staff, they have been able to focus more and keep on task. Since Wycliffe began Bible translation work in 1951, it has provided scriptures for more than 500 languages. How can a church be planted? How can disciples be made? How can evangelism take place if scripture is not available in a language or form that people can understand, said Chestnut. So great uh, work that they are doing and significant work to bring God's word to people in their native languages uh, so that they too can become Christians and understand the way of God. Um, one last thing I wanted to share before we move on to our devotion. Uh, we get the um, magazine for Pew Ch Charitable Trust and they had an end note um, about what is about significant changes that are taking place between in people's minds that is between God and morality. So the global God divide. What is the connection between belief in God and morality? And how important are God and prayer in people's lives? In a report published in July, the Pew Research Center posed these questions to 38,426 people across 34 countries spanning six continents. A median of 45% said it is necessary to believe in God to be moral and to have good values. But there were large regional variations in answers to this question. People in emerging economies tended to be more religious and more likely to consider religion to be important in their lives. And they were also more likely than people who live in advanced economies to say that belief in God is necessary to be moral. So most in Western European countries say that belief in God is not needed to be moral. And just to give you some examples, 54% um, of those in the United States do not feel belief in God is necessary to be moral. 44% believe it is necessary. So more don't believe than do. In Canada, it is 73% who don't believe it's necessary to only 26% who do believe it is necessary. The high in this one is Sweden. 90% of those in Sweden feel that a belief in God is not necessary to have a moral life, whereas 9% feel it is. <clears throat> in looking at the highs then, 93% um, of those in Nigeria 
believe it is necessary to have a belief in God to have a moral life. 95% in Kenya, 84% in South Africa, 84% in Brazil, 84% in Tunisia, 79% in India, 96% in the Philippines, 96% in Indonesia. So clearly these developing economies, as they said, really do believe that the belief in God is necessary, but those that are far more developed tend to move away from that belief. Um, the connection between belief in God and morality over time has changed quite a bit. So to give you an example of countries where that connection between belief in God and, and morality has increased, Bulgaria, it has increased between 2002 and 2019 by 18%. In Russia, it has increased 11%. In Japan, it has increased 10%. I found that kind of surprising. But looking where it has declined, in the United States, it has declined by 14% in South Korea by 11%, in the Ukraine by 11%, in Mexico by 6%, and in Turkey by 9%. Importance of God has declined in many European nations since 1991, but it has increased in the Soviet Union. So the percent of people who say, God plays an important role in my life. So I'm gonna talk about those that, it, that increased and those where it decreased. In Russia, it increased by 16%, Bulgaria by 14%, the Ukraine by 12%, and Germany, I found this a little surprising, up by 3%. Whereas in Spain, it decreased by 26%, in Italy by 21%, in Poland by 14%, France by 12%, the UK by 8%. So you wonder, it'd be interesting because again, this goes to 2020 or 2019. It'll be very interesting to see, particularly in countries like Italy, if the pandemic might have had an impact on those numbers. Hopefully they have gone up. Um, people have started to return to church and really got to see how important God is in their lives when their health, their family, everything is at risk. So we're gonna turn now to Spurgeon and uh, read his devotion for the day. This comes from Psalm uh, 62, eight, trust in him at all times. Faith is as much the rule of temporal as of spiritual life. We ought to have faith in God for our earthly affairs as well as for our heavenly business. It is only as we learn to trust in God for the supply of all of our daily needs that we shall live above the world. We are not to be idle. That would show that we did not trust in God, who works hitherto, but in the devil, who is the father of idleness. We are not to be imprudent or rash, that, that we're to trust chance and not the living God, who is a God of economy and order. Acting in all prudence and uprightness, we are to rely simply and entirely upon the Lord at all times. Let me commend to you a life of trust in God in temporal things. Trusting in God, you will not be compelled to mourn because you have used sinful means to grow rich. Serve God with integrity, and if you achieve no success, at least no sin will lie upon your conscience. Trusting God, you will not be guilty of self-contradiction. 
He trusts, he who trusts in craft sails this way today, that way the next, like a vessel tossed about by the fickle wind. But he that trusts in the Lord is like a vessel propelled by steam. She cuts through the waves, defies the wind, and makes one bright, silvery, straightforward track in her destined haven. Be you a man with living principles within. Never bow to the varying customs of worldly wisdom. Walk in your path of integrity with steadfast steps and show that you are invincibly strong in the strength which and confidence in God alone can confer. Thus you will be delivered from carking cares you will be not troubled with evil tidings. Your heart will be fixed, trusting on the Lord. How pleasant to float along the stream of providence. There is no more blessed way to live than a life of dependence upon a covenant-keeping God. We have no care, for He cares for us. We have no troubles, because we cast our troubles upon the Lord. And I love that, the whole idea of floating along the stream of province, being dependent on God. And I love the image of being, a propelled, being propelled by steam. She cuts through the waves, defies the wind, and makes one bright, silvery, straightforward track to her destined haven. And that's what it's like to trust in God. Amen. And what a great message Spurgeon always has for us, but especially for today. So before I jump to prayers, I just want to ask you to remember our Bible study. We do that Tuesdays, 7 Central Time, U.S. Time. And if you would like to participate, if you've been wanting to get into a Bible study, all you have to do is email me at lisa at branchliving.com and I can give you the link. Um, we have people from three different states there right now and uh, just enjoying each other's company. Whenever people can come, that's great. If they can't make it, we fully understand. But you are always welcome if you would like to join us. We take it at our own pace um, and we just don't have a deadline on how far we have to go, how fast we have to go. It lasts an hour from 7 to 8 central time. So remember lisa at branchliving.com if you would like to join us. Um, so today I'd like to ask for prayers for a woman that I know who when I asked her today what I could pray uh, for her about, she said for healing in God's own time. And I thought that was just beautiful um, that she is really looking at God at bringing about her healing when he's ready to do that healing. But she certainly does need prayers. And so I'm going to include her. And then also for a woman who I know we've talked about before, who is suffering from bone cancer and um, will be going through quite an extensive surgery coming up. So let us go before the Lord. Lord, we thank you for this time away. We thank you for this time together. We thank you for this reflection on what it really is to live a significant life. And certainly that is a life that is obedient to you, one that hears your voice, one that does what you ask us to do, so that perhaps not in this life, but when we get to our eternal life, we will have the comfort of you saying, well done, and also the comfort of being able to see that our lives did make a difference. We ask for your healing for both of these women, the woman who asked for healing in your time, Lord, we ask that that time be soon, and also for the woman who has bone cancer and for all of those who are suffering physically. We ask healing and we ask for healing of the body and of the mind. We know that this uh, COVID pandemic has harmed many people in terms of their mental health. 
and we ask for relief from that as well. We pray this in your name. Amen. So remember to uh, write me if you want to join the Bible study. Visit us on Facebook. And until we meet again, stay close to God, stay in touch, and I will chat with you again soon.